Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is the Blackout. We're coming to you from bellyupsports.com, and this is a pick'em pod. He is Alan Denton. I am Thomas Black. Alan, we are headed into the last week of competition for our Pick'em Contest. It's taken a long time. It's been a wild year, but I can't wait for it. We've got an exciting week of picks ahead of us. How are you doing? I'm great, man. Excited for the kind of the final weekend of a full slate of college football. And uh, it should be a really interesting one. A lot of, I think, pretty compelling matchups. There are a ton of compelling matchups. There are a lot of games that could go either way. And hey, man, we've been waiting on it. There have been some soft schedules that in recent weeks. There have been a lot of games that you anticipate, a lot of big blowouts. And this weekend, we've got the opposite. We've got a lot of competitive games, at least on paper, and that gives the opportunity, it certainly looks like, for a lot of movement on the board and maybe it, you know, more than just a couple of people in contention for the grand prize at the end of this thing. Exactly. This this could be a fun one, especially as uh, as Cameron kind of creeps closer. He's within striking distance and you know, if, if a bunch of things swing um, the right way, you know, maybe somebody even further from behind can can vault up and, and take the crown. But, uh, you know, we all want to be where Garrett is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Alan, let's go ahead and take a look at our week 13 standings with only one more week to go. This is an important look we take at the standings. Our weekly winner this past week was Chas Filardi. He has been a partner with Belly Up Sports, and he is one of the reasons why you have opportunities to win prizes along with our grand prize going into uh, the end of this contest. So he came away with his first win of the season. He picked up 94 of the 105 points available last week, going 12-2 and in his picks. He's at 787 points total right now and in a tie for ninth. So he vaulted up into the top 10 with his uh, individual weekly win, a big week for him, Alan. Uh, But at this point, he's probably a little short of being in true contention for the overall grand prize. Agreed. It's, it's good to even get a weekly win though. That's, that's always a, a nice jewel in somebody's crown at least. Absolutely. Alan, let's go ahead and take a look at where we stand as we work our way into the final week. I finished in 12th place overall in our weekly standings last week. 
finishing with 82 of the 105 points available, going 10 and 4 in my picks. And I fell from third place, a tie for third place, to fourth place overall. But hey, I picked up a couple of points on our leader, Garrett. I was 22 points back going into last week. Now I'm 20 points back. Alan, you were similar to me. You finished up in a tie for 13th, picking up 81 of the 105 points available, going 9 and 5 in your picks. And hey, you moved up from 7th to 6th. So a solid standing there, and you picked up one point on our leader, Garrett. You were 27 points back. Now you're 26 points back. So, hey, we're going to need some big things to swing if we're going to be able to walk away with the grand prize. Uh, But because of the amount of competitive games we have on the slate this week, uh, if things get a little hairy, we could find ourselves in contention for it. It's absolutely possible. You know, and this week, uh, or this past week, I put some games that I, you know, in a normal week I wouldn't have picked. Right, I, I stretched it a little bit. I would I honestly would ne- have never picked Kansas State in a normal week, or I wouldn't have picked West Virginia either. <laughs> um, you know, but that's one of those things where you uh, you've got to take some risks when you're this far back. And I'm not one of those people that's trying to solidify a fourth place finish or anything like that. I'm I'm willing, perfectly willing to take egg on my face and fall out of the top 10 if that means I win, <laughs> if I went for the crown, right? Like I'm not trying to just, uh, just, you know, finish in seventh place. I'm, I'm a Ricky Bobby kind of guy. Like I, I understand. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And, and frankly, uh, it's been difficult to find some of those places to make some jumps. Uh, but this week certainly involves an opportunity for a lot of movement. Making up 26 points yep. in your position, that's going to be really challenging to do. But in previous weeks, even some weeks that didn't have as many competitive games as this week, we've seen some people make up 15-plus points in a given week. So uh, exactly. you're probably kind of on that edge where, hey, you're just going to need some wildness to happen. You're going to need some chaos. Uh, but uh, there's enough of these competitive games on the board that – uh, maybe we could see something crazy happen. Agreed. I think we could easily see an 18 to 20 point swing this week. Like you mentioned though, for it to get to the level where it's like 26 or something like that, you're looking at just complete chaos. But I agree in that this is the kind of week that kind of bodes itself to having some, some weird, uh, you know, just some weird games and weird finals. It is going to be interesting to see. We are all chasing down our leader, Garrett, as we have been for much of the season. He has 824 points. He has a 13-point cushion, like you mentioned, on Cameron, who's in second place. But hey, Cameron even dug into the lead a little bit this past week. He was down by 19 points going into the weekend and cut it down by six. So he cut about a third off the lead, and he needs a big week, but he's only trailing by 13. So uh, that is in the hunt for the grand prize. Again, uh, a lot of stuff available to you. There's a $50 Visa gift card. There is a $100 gift card to championshipfootballs.com. Uh, that is provided by the help of Chas Filardi, the guy who won our weekly contest this past week, and a t-shirt from bellyupsports.com. So, Alan, good luck to you because, hey, the same goes for both of us. We both need some luck this week, uh, but it is going to be interesting to see how much ground people can make up in this final week if some of the upsets swing the right ways. That's right. May the Vegas odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> Alan, let's go ahead and look at some news and notes this week. There aren't many to dive into Uh, But we do have a few things that kind of swung here over the last few days. So let's take a look at it. Originally, as always, we had 15 games up on our board. 
that's been trimmed down to 14. Here as we record, it actually hasn't been pulled off the board, uh, but it's going to be at some point. That's because Purdue at Indiana has been canceled this week. Uh, that is because of, I believe, the COVID outbreak at both schools. And so that one's being pulled off the board. That one's canceled, not going to be uh, redone inside the Big Ten unless it's matched up uh, for next weekend. Uh, but I think that's unlikely at this point. Uh, so one game off the board there. And another one that is in doubt, Allen, is Washington at Oregon. And that is because the Huskies have been uh, paused as far as all their team activities this week. Uh, there were reports that came out today that they did not practice today either. We record this on Wednesday. So we're now getting into the middle of the week. Washington still hasn't been on the practice field this week. And uh, I know they were waiting on another round of tests going through today. I don't know if they're going to get results sometime late today or if that's going to be maybe tomorrow. Uh, but this game could easily be scratched from the board as well. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like that one's headed that direction, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a shame because I think that could be a pretty compelling game. But, um, yeah, I and also hate it for Indiana. I mean, they, they're on a roll um, after a huge win uh, at Wisconsin. And uh, they've just played a lot of great ball. I, you know, for them to, to any – for a program like that, to have like a year like this – they want to keep playing and keep stacking up wins because it, it makes a difference for, for them as they recruit. It definitely does. Indiana, it's been a fun season for them. It's disappointing to lose a game late. And like you mentioned for the Washington-Oregon game, that was going to be one that uh, I think probably could have gone either way. Uh, frankly, it's been two teams inside the Pac-12 that I, I don't know what to make of either one of them. Uh, I think they've both <laughs> at times shown some promise and at times they've both been really disappointing. Uh, I think Oregon more so than Washington, but uh, man, I didn't know what to make of that game specifically, but uh, I'm with you. It looks like it's probably going to scratch from the board. Uh, Alan, one other note to look at this week, we have LSU at Florida. This is another one of those matchups that, hey, this probably doesn't make a big difference in the game, uh, but the superstar freshman tight end for LSU, Eric Gilbert, has opted out the rest of the season, and word is breaking out that he's considering transferring, maybe leaving the school. Man, he's been a monster this year. He has 35 catches on the year. He was a five-star kid coming out of high school. Uh, he's a super talented dude. And then the news broke just a bit ago that LSU has now self-imposed a postseason ban for this year. Even though they're under 500, they could have gotten an invitation to a bowl game. So they're not going to go bowling. Eric Gilbert is thinking about possibly transferring the hits. Just keep on coming for the LSU Tigers. Oh, boy, it's been a rough year. It's <laughs> the, the pendulum swung. Uh, from one side all the way to the other side pretty quick. I mean, it went from zero to 60 in a heartbeat for the Tigers down on the bayou. I mean, they they had just an incredible year last year, and it feels like ever since then just nothing could go right. And they've had a lot of scandal-type things going on down there that don't look good. I, I imagine that Eric Gilbert's going to be gone. He's, he's probably going to you know end up, He's originally from Marietta, Georgia. I imagine he probably ends up at Georgia, um, but we'll see. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no promise to that. But um, and one thing that'll be interesting to see is is if B.J. Ojolari, um, who is the brother of Aziz Ojolari at Georgia, to see if he transfers. He he was, you know, one of the sack leaders in the in all the SEC for as a freshman at LSU. That, that would be a huge loss as well. Yeah, definitely. Lots of interesting stuff going on with the LSU Tigers. And like we said, doesn't mean a whole lot for this week, probably. Uh, but it'll be interesting to follow that story 
uh, kind of all the stuff connected with LSU as we dive into the postseason and, and look towards next year because uh, a lot of this stuff could have um, overflow into 2021. So that'll be an interesting story to watch with the LSU Tigers. Alan, if you're ready for it, let's go ahead and dive into some value picks this week. We've got 14 games and 105 points on the board currently. Let's do it, man. All right. We mentioned last week I picked up one extra point on you, Alan. So I'll go ahead and get us started with my top value pick this week. I'm looking at the Oklahoma Sooners visiting the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, we have some things to look at with this matchup. Oklahoma's coming off of one of the most confounding games of the season. They won, but 27-14 to 14 against Baylor. Uh, that game was about even in yardage. Somehow the Bears outperformed uh, Oklahoma's offense just kind of with their defense. Uh, They came up with a great game plan. They limited Oklahoma, so that was surprising. And then on the other side, West Virginia's coming off a surprising uh, result of their own, losing 42-6 to to Iowa State. Complete domination from the Cyclones. Now, you know, we have some interesting things to look at with both of these teams. Oklahoma got off to the year with a couple of losses. They've rebounded. They've won a bunch of games in a row. The Mountaineers, I've been consistently on them this year. Neil Brown has that team headed in a good direction. They've had pretty good play this year. But, Alan, I think the Mountaineers are completely outclassed by Oklahoma on the field this week. Uh, Oklahoma's a 14-point favorite. That would slot them at a 10 or 11 in confidence on your board if you're going according to the spread. And when I'm looking at Spencer Rattler, I'm saying, man, he came off of a down week against Baylor. I like Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield. I like some of the receivers. I think Oklahoma is too good offensively to not bounce back from a poor performance against Baylor. On the defensive side, I like Ronnie Perkins and Isaiah Thomas on the defensive line. I think they're going to give Jarrett Dagey and Letty Brown in the backfield a lot of trouble. So in this matchup, even though Oklahoma is just a 14-point favorite, even though you could put them at a 10 or 11 on your board, Alan, I'm saying slide them up. I think they definitely win this game and have complete control of it. I think West Virginia is going to have an equally hard time scoring the ball like they did against Iowa State. I'm putting Oklahoma from a 10 or 11 up to a 13, my next highest slot on my board. I like that. I, yeah, I agree. It seems like that Baylor game was an aberration. It, it, it kind of felt like the fact that Oklahoma, you know, in some ways just they weren't right. They weren't fully there, fully prepared. I mean, great job by Dave Aranda to have his guys ready and, um, you know, and played really well defensively and frustrate, um, frustrate that offense. Um, but I agree. I, I mean, Iowa State totally outclassed uh, West Virginia this past week in a very pretty surprising way, in my opinion. Um, and and I, I just think Oklahoma's got too much. They're, they're not going to overlook West Virginia. They've got too much riding on it at this point. And West Virginia, at least, has been good enough to get their attention. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have any more to add. I agree completely. Yeah. So uh, from from my first one, I'm going to go uh, to the Big Ten. My value play, I, I'm I'm going to take the one point favorite Wisconsin Badgers over the 16th rank uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. So I've got Wisconsin winning on the road. As I said, they're a one point road favorite. That's that would make them a one on your board if you're going by confidence values. Iowa's wins honestly have not been all that impressive. They they weren't greatly impressive against uh, Illinois this past week. They, they were behind early, but 
you know, essentially scored outscoring like 35 to seven after the first little, little bit um, squeaked by Nebraska. They, they, they beat, they beat Penn state pretty good. They beat Minnesota pretty good and they beat Michigan state pretty good. And all those teams suck balls. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I don't know that they've played anybody decent in their five game winning streak since going, uh, oh, and two to start the year. And so I'm, I, if Wisconsin's a, a slight road favorite, I think Graham Mertz gets back on track. They get the offense rolling. It's been bad the past couple of weeks against uh, Indiana and Northwestern. They've scored a combined 13 points, which is ugly. I mean, sinfully ugly. But I think that that they'll move back up uh, and 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 get that offense rolling a bit more. And so I, I'm moving them up to closer to four, like a four on my board. I can't blame you if that's the way you're leaning, Alan. My gut tells me maybe go with Iowa in this game. It's not a strong confidence. I'm going to have it low on my board. Uh, but I think Wisconsin's been limited offensively. I have some questions about them. I wonder kind of where is the offense headed right now? And Iowa, at least, I think has a little bit of spark in the passing game. Uh, I think they've shown some promise there. So I wonder if Iowa maybe has a little bit more kick to their offense, not saying it's that, all that impressive, uh, but I'm kind of leaning toward the Hawkeyes in this one, but it's going to be really well on my board as well. Yeah, this is a, a 50-50 type game. And the fact that it's at Iowa, Iowa's won five in a row, you think, you know, that would make sense. I think uh, Wisconsin gets some things figured out. They're still only allowing, Wisconsin's still only allowing 12 points a game defensively. They're pretty good. They, they, they play well defensively. Iowa's not great defensively, allowing about 330 yards per game. Um, and so, you know, with the majority of that being through the air, but I think the offense kind of gets back going for Wisconsin and, and they end up going on the road and getting that dub and rebounding after playing two really good teams in Northwestern and Indiana. Alan, I've already tipped my hand a little bit with my pick with Iowa, I think, in that one. Again, I, I, I don't know. I'm close enough that I may flip before the end of the week, but I, I think I'm going to be on Iowa. Uh, but this week, I am looking for value on the board in terms of upset. So that's where I'm moving with my va- last two value plays this week. The first one, I'm looking at North Carolina at Miami. Uh, in this matchup, Miami is a three-point favorite. You slot that according to confidence on your board, and that fits in at a four Uh, But this matchup, Alan, I'm looking at these two teams and saying, hey, I think they're pretty comparable on the defensive side of the ball. I think Miami has more star power, uh, but in terms of statistics and how things have turned out, I I really think that uh, North Carolina has gotten similar results to what Miami has defensively. So I think that's kind of a wash. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at the offenses, the weapons, and, and that is kind of defining who I'm going with in this game. I'm taking North Carolina and the Tar Heels in an upset in this one. I like Sam Howell, uh, Diami Brown, Daz Newsome, the wide receivers, to make some plays. I really like Michael Carter and Javante Williams in the backfield. I like them more than the combination of De'Eric King, Cameron Harris, Mike Harley, Brevin Jordan, those guys from Miami. I think Miami, while De'Eric King has been awesome this year, I think he's a little bit more limited with the weapons he has around him. So I like the Tar Heels in this matchup. Like I said, Miami is a three-point favorite. That would put them at a four on your board according to the spread. 
But hey, I'm taking North Carolina, and because of the th- weapons they have offensively, I'm willing to slide this one up pretty high. Alan, I think it's going to be in the middle of my board somewhere. I'm thinking as high as maybe a 7 or an 8, uh, but I wouldn't blame you if you keep it a little bit lower than that. And I'm still trying to figure out where it's going to be on my board, but I think that would kind of be like the absolute max of where I would slide the Tar Heels in this matchup. I am totally with you, man. Totally redeemed yourself. I, I'm actually going with I, that. Was this is one of my value plays as well. I've got the upset alert. Um, North Carolina is incredibly explosive, both through the air and on the ground. Right? They have two of the two of the top five running backs in this class on their team, and so I, I, I like what Sam Howe is going to be able to do through the air. They scoring's not been a problem for them. I think they're able to do enough defensively. And as you mentioned, I take the North Carolina combo of quarterback and particularly skill talent over Miami at this point. And so I've I've got North Carolina at a five right now and may bump that up higher, but that's that's where it is on, on my board as well. Well that's right on that kind of precipice of being in that second middle that middle third at the lower part of it so i'm i'm right there with you my man i love it alan it is helpful to know that we're on the same page when we come down to these sometimes we haven't been on the same side on value plays very often but we haven't even contradicted each other uh, very often either so the fact that we're on the same page with that one feels really really good so i'm gonna go to my third value play this week Alan, i'm looking for another upset uh i'm I think I'm fairly convinced in this one, uh, but I'm, this is not as confident a play as what I have in the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm going to the Pac-12 and looking at undefeated Southern Cal at UCLA. Southern Cal is 4-0 on the year. UCLA is 3-2. and uh, Clay Helton and Southern Cal, can, this is how I, I term them. I think they've been one of the most underwhelming undefeated teams in the country. I just don't think there's any way around it. Even in recent weeks, Southern Cal has had some bigger wins, but you go back and look at... Uh, how those played out. They really benefited from turnovers. They got some short fields. They gained some separation in their last couple of games that I think if you just look statistically at the games, Southern Cal was not much better than their opponents. You flip it to the other side, and I think Chip Kelly and UCLA for the very first time, you can say that I think Chip Kelly has the Bruins heading in the right direction. This is a home game for them. They're a short underdog. I like Demetric Felton, Britton Brown, Dorian Thompson-Robinson on the offensive side of the ball. I think that running game has really gotten going for UCLA, and I think they've been maybe a little bit better than expected on the defensive side of the ball, whereas I think USC has been disappointing on the offensive side. And hey, Southern Cal doesn't have much of a running game. I know Keaton Slovis has been really good this year. I know he's got a deep core of wide receivers led by Amon Ross St. Brown, but uh, you really dig into that, and teams have been kind of limiting them uh, as far as their explosiveness in the passing game. There really hasn't been much of a running game at all, and so I think while they have talent, that offense really hasn't begun clicking to this point. So uh, right now, Southern Cal on our board with CBSSports.com is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That would fit on your board as a two or a three in terms of confidence. But, Alan, I'm taking the Bruins in an upset in this one. I'm going to leave them pretty low on my board because uh, turnovers have been a problem for UCLA. When they've been turning the ball over, they've been losing games. When they've been protecting it, they've been winning. I'm going to say, hey, I think they're kind of turning a corner and getting this offense going. I like the Bruins at maybe a three on my board, flipping it from USC at a two or a three. 
I'm a big fan of that. And I, I'm actually, this isn't one of my value plays, but I believe at this point in time, I'm going to be with you. Uh, I, I've been really impressed by this uh, UCLA team. They, they really should have beaten Colorado in week one in a game that, you know, if not, as you talked about, if they hadn't turned the ball over so frequently and made so many mistakes, they would have won that game. They've been explosive offensively going to a pretty decent Arizona State in my team, in my opinion, this past week and beating them. And, uh, and again, I've just not been all that impressed by USC. I, I Quite frankly, I don't think Clay Helton is that good of a coach. He doesn't inspire uh, any amount of confidence. I think this is an opportunity to if, – if you're looking and scrapping and begging for points – like you and I are right now, like we're beggars and we've got to make it all happen this week. We've got to cook a, you know, we're trying to feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, my man. And so we're, we're, we're throwing Hail Marys out there and, and this is an opportunity maybe to, to swing some points your way. Yeah. And it's really been impressive to me just how UCLA has looked here in the early going of the season, because, you know, starting off the year, there were a bunch of questions this team has really been a mess throughout the years with Chip Kelly there. Uh, but I really do feel like this team's starting to turn the right direction. And maybe there's mm-hmm. a promise of what Chip Kelly is doing. Uh, all the work he's been putting in the last few years of maybe it's starting to really pay off. And maybe the Bruins uh, are starting to build a, build their program back. Exactly. They were impatient, allowing him. This is his third year. The first two years were pretty miserable and dysfunctional a lot of just stuff kept coming out about you know the players hating playing for chip and transfers and, and all that you know you got jalen phillips that's starting for amy right now as a defensive end that was a five-star that had gone to ucla and transferred out and all that type of stuff but uh it really seems like he's got some guys now that that are they're starting to to cook with some uh cook with some grease now I like it, Alan. Where are you going for your final value play this week? So my final value play is another upset. Um, looking looking for some some big points here, and you're, with bigger points comes the much greater risk. Obviously, uh, a much greater li- uh, likelihood that the um, the favorite wins. I'm going down. To a, a, a sweet little uh, a sweet little town in the middle of nowhere, all the way down to Mississippi. So we're going down south, and we're traveling down to Mississippi State. I'm going to choose the big upset that the old pirate sails out to sea at the end of the year with a win over Gus Malzahn that essentially seals the fate of Gus, in my opinion. I've got Mississippi State over Auburn. Now, Auburn is a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That would be about a seven on the board if, if you're just looking at the point spread. I, I don't – I've been kind of adamant about this this year. I don't trust Bo Nix for anything. He's got ten touchdowns to seven interceptions. He's been very, very prone to making mistakes. Tank Bigsby is still not all the way right. I think that Mississippi State's kind of got something now with Will Rogers, something to to build upon, and and they've got a group of guys that are really competing hard. Mississippi State's lost the past two games only by seven points, right? They lost at 13 Georgia with like 
45 players, only lost by seven. And then, and that was with JT Daniels playing, I think, by the way, at least some of that. But then they, they almost beat um, Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl, losing by the exact same score, 31 to 24. This defense is pretty, pretty good. They only they actually held Alabama to 41. They held Texas A&M to 28. Um, I don't think Auburn has an offense like Ole Miss, like Alabama or A&M. And, and so I think on the road with them having a quarterback and uh, Auburn's defense not being like it was, I think people can pass on them. I'm picking the upset. And not only do I have that upset, I have it pretty high on the board. I'm putting that up to a seven or an eight. Wow. Strong play for the Bulldogs. Alan, I can't blame you for going this direction. Um, I have some of the same thoughts. I, I don't think I'm probably going with Mississippi State on this one, uh, but it would be the exact same reason that I would slide Auburn down. Uh, you know, they're risking, uh, you know, playing it high, thinking, hey, there could be an upset here. Uh, you mentioned a lot of, I think, key factors in this game. You mentioned Mississippi State defense. Uh, particularly, they've been pretty good in the defensive run game. So Tank Bigsby has been pretty good, but you mentioned he's been kind of banged up. He's going against one of the better run defenses in the SEC and what Mississippi State has. And like you said, that offense has kind of changed since Will Rogers has come in. Uh, you even talked about that game against Georgia. I believe that was JT Daniels' first start. I think he played that entire game. So the fact that that was uh, as competitive as it was and and Mississippi State gave Georgia as many problems as they did, I think that's been a sign of them kind of turning a corner as well. So Mike Leach seems to you know be making some progress. He got a bunch of dudes to leave that team in the middle of the season, and they've had COVID problems, uh, but they seem to be playing some pretty good ball the last few weeks. Yeah, they do. They, they they've kind of settled the settled it after the you know the first week they exploded onto the scene by beating a highly overrated LSU team as it turned out, and and then they went through some rough patches and they took some some beatings and took some lumps, but they they've kind of got some things figured out now that that they've established Will Rogers as as their quarterback. He's young. That defense has overachieved, and I think it's pretty good. Um, and, and they're going to be physical. So I think they're going to be able to limit Bo Nix. Um, and, and so I think it's if they can get to 30 points, I think they win. And so I, I'm thinking that but if this were at Auburn, there's no way I would choose this upset. But because they're down in Mississippi State, I, I think that, that they are able to pull off this victory because I don't believe in Auburn at all. Yeah, I understand it, and I think that uh, there's some good rationale there. So, uh, like I said, I'm probably sticking with Auburn in this one, but I'm sliding it pretty far down my board. Like you said, the, sure. the spread we're looking at would have them valued at a seven, and I'm thinking Auburn's definitely in my lower third. I don't know exactly where they fit in at this point, but uh, you're talking about uh, if we had 15 games on the board, it'd be fit in my one through five somewhere. So I'm sliding it down at least a couple of spots, if not a little bit more than that. So uh, I think definitely some good rationale there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Mike Leach and his crowd uh, can come up with a big win to wrap up their season. It would be uh, certainly a fun way to wrap up the year. So, uh, Alan, like we talked about so long, uh, this is the final week of a regular season competition. It's been a blast all year hosting this competition and uh, giving some tips here on the podcast. But like we have to do each and every week, we have to remind people that, hey, 
even if you're not in contention for the grand prize as a whole, you can shoot for that perfect week. If you just get on away, play on gut feels and that kind of thing on trying to get a perfect week, uh, this is not the week to try it because, hey, there are a lot of close games and a lot of tight spreads. Uh, but because we are in December, uh, if anybody is capable of pulling it off, of course, you'd have your name thrown into a drawing for a $100 prize pack from Manscaped. So, Alan, it's been a blast having that opportunity for people available. We haven't given away any of those prize packs this year, but we've had some people come really, really close a lot of weeks this year. Really close a couple weeks. I mean, we've had those 11 and 1, 12 and 1 type weeks and everything. Just as a as a pro tip, kind of transitioning a little bit, if you're behind and you want to go for the gold, like you really want to go for the gusto, what I'm going to do and what I would recommend to other people doing, spread out those later games across your board. Like, so put them at, you know, 3, 7, 10, and 12, and that type of thing. That way you can interchange them as the day goes along. Because you may want to change picks at the last minute to make up ground or to hold ground. And that way, if those later games are spread throughout your board, you have more flexibility if you say, oh, man, I've got a chance. I'm only down eight because of the way everything else has played out, and I need to switch one game. Well, you don't want to have all the noon games locked in at the top. So that's just a pro tip as somebody that's had to do this before. So this is why you this is, this is why people pay good money to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, Alan. That's really good advice. I hadn't really, you know, put the strategy in as far as how my board is going to lay out this weekend, but that's absolutely a good tip to look at because, hey, you're going to have to have uh, some flexibility if you're one of those people that stays in front of the TV all day long, keeps your board up all day long, and likes to float some things around. This is the week to do it, especially if you're sitting in there in that top six, seven, eight range is kind of like that kind of dream scenario where if you can pick up enough points and have a shot at the top spot, uh, you're going to have to have some plays uh, at your disposal as you get later into the day. Absolutely. Yep. You want as many of those points still available to you that you can be flexible with as possible. Alan, it's going to be a blast to see how it wraps up, but Hey, just because this regular season competition is wrapping up, it does not mean we are done here on the podcast Alan, that is because we are headed into bowl season and we've got big news to announce to all the listeners and everybody in the group this year what we are doing with the podcast moving forward. As Alan and I talked about it a little bit this week, uh, kind of the year that we had with COVID-19 jumping onto CBSSports.com because at the time we didn't really know who all was going to run these pick'em competitions and ESPNs was actually backed up a couple weeks ba- uh, past when CBS launched theirs. So we went with CBS, but we've seen some of the downsides of that. We really like the format that ESPN has. So big news with the bowl competition that we have coming up, the bowl pick'em, we are going to be moving back to ESPN. So Alan, I know that you're stoked for it. I'm really excited about it as well. And if you're out there wanting to be involved and get your hands on some of the prizes that are going to be available, we're going to have some big stuff going on there as well. You can go ahead and join the group. You can go on to ESPN's Bowl Mania and search through the groups and type in the Blackout podcast. That's all you need to do. Uh, There's a couple of groups called the Blackout, but ours is called the Blackout podcast. So if you search that, it'll come right up and it's uh, it's a public group. So anybody can join. You don't need a password or anything like that. Alan, it's going to be great to jump back over to ESPN. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about, you know, I, I love, I love bowl picks. They're fun because there's a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of them at once. And so you're, you know, you're kind of in the mire in the mud. You're kind of like Andy from uh, Shawshank yep. when you crawl through the poop and you, <laughs> by the end of it, you're, you're washing yourself off in the cleansing rain. Um, and so it's a lot of fun. So come and join us on ESPN. We're, we're happy to kind of go back and use their platform. They do a great job. And, and so when they get those ball picks announced and up, um, but we're excited to play, um, play again. Yeah, and like you said, once the uh, picks go up, once ever all the teams are selected for bowl games, we're going to be sending out all those invitations. So everybody that's in the group this year for CBSSports.com, uh, we're going to be sending those to your email addresses. So uh, if you're waiting on it, you can certainly just wait on an invitation. It'll pop up in your inbox, and you can just click on and join the group. Uh, but beyond that, like I said, if you want to go ahead and jump on ESPN and get ahead of the game and join the group uh, and just get that step out of the way, you can just do that by jumping on the ESPN Bowl Mania and searching all the groups for the Blackout Podcast. And that is where uh, once you jump in there, you'll see Alan's name. You'll see my name. Um, if you do it on your phone, you might see Alan's name. And uh, I put my Twitter handle in there at TB on the Blackout. So uh, you'll see a couple of those things to tip you off that you're in the right group. But just look for those things. And uh, we're really looking forward to this thing because Alan, um, I've started some of the discussions with uh, belly up sports and the staff there and the kind of things we want to put in place for prizes. And, uh, if anybody's interested in the prizes that we've had going on for the regular season competition, we don't have everything in place yet. Uh, but I think there's a lot of indicators that we are going to have bigger and better things available, uh, for people in this, uh, pick em group for the bowl season. My goodness. Now that will pique your interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be nailing down some of that stuff, hopefully, uh, toward the end of this week and maybe into next week. Uh, but we're going to see if we can get some, uh, really fun stuff available for everybody who's in the competition. And, um, we're even seeing if we can get some prizes, uh, available beyond just the winner of the group. So, uh, just keep that open, uh, in your uh, thought pattern, thinking about uh, how you would play a board because, hey, it's not just about winning the group, although, hey, there's not really any way of playing this without trying to go for the win. Uh, but if you wind up in one of those spots up at toward the top of the group in the bowl pick uh, there's going to be some stuff available for you as well. So like you said, Alan, kind of the same philosophy applies, you know, in the bowl pick if you kind of open up some uh, different point values ranging throughout your board as you get deeper into bowl season, you know, you can open up some strategy for coming away uh, with some of those prizes. That's exactly right. And you're not going to want to miss our bowl pick episode, right? Like we're going to have an episode. So be on the lookout as, as that's announced and everything's subscribed. So that way it always comes into your feed. You're not going to have to worry about it. Um, really, really excited about the things to come. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, Alan and I are going to have to talk about it. We don't know exactly when our next episodes are going to come out. Uh, we'll probably do a kind of quick short one, just announcing the winner of the podcast, uh, regular season competition, and then we'll do a longer episode detailing everything for the bull pick and then some of our plays, some of our value picks, uh, you know, playoff picks, national champion picks, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to be looking at the schedule and seeing exactly how we can fit it in because everything's so compressed this year with the season being backed up 
to uh, mid-December and then bowl season starting also mid-December, uh, it's a little bit harder to know exactly when everything's going to be announced and exactly when ESPN's going to have every, everything set for us. But we're going to uh, make sure that we get everybody the invitations to the group. We're going to make sure that we get this thing rolling. And then uh, we'll make sure that we get our podcast out at least a few days before uh, bowl season begins. So it'll be a little bit of work on our end. Uh, but Alan, I'm really looking forward to it, man. Agreed, man. Totally worth it. As Alan said, uh, you can do anything like subscribe to the show. Of course, you can listen to it. You can find all that stuff at bellyupsports.com. Just click on the podcast tab, find the blackout, and you can uh, listen to the show there. There's a player there on the page. You can also click on a bunch of different links to subscribe with wherever you choose to get your podcast. Uh, There's a number of them there for you. So there's a bunch of stuff there. Of course, if you're on Apple iTunes, it's a big help if you rate and review. We've got a bunch of five-star ratings that have been piling up, but if we could get some more, it would be a big help. And on top of that, you can follow us on social media. You can find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at The Blackout Pod. You can find Alan at ad on the blackout and you can find myself at tb on the blackout alan as always thank you so much sir yeah man it was a blast thank you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.